Hello, welcome back to the seventh episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your host Bennett Leon. And guess who's back? We got the beautiful Ashley Downing, who's Hello. still kind of recovering <laughs> from her sickness, but she's back with us for now. Uh, so let's give her a uh, welcome back. Yay! So uh, um, now let's get right into the talk of the day. Okay, um, first thing I wanted to start off with uh, was this uh, really, really funny post from MSNBC, but uh, funny only because like I never thought I'd see the day, and wow, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just to go um, to prove it to you, like the last episode, uh, we were talking about the same kind of topic. I never thought I'd uh, hear the day where fucking uh, Anderson Cooper uh, would uh, react that way either, but... I mean, it is what it is. So <laughs> I guess uh, the media is starting to wake up. So uh, let's take it. Um, let's give credit where it's due. So this is a post by MSNBC. Uh, everyone knows Chris Hayes. Uh, this fucking guy. Uh, he's usually some shill, but uh, this time he decided to show a little reason. Uh, Chris ha- uh, Hayes says, evidence contradicts the argument that Senator Sanders would be an electoral disaster. Uh, here are uh, the head-to-head matchups between President Trump and Donald's uh, the Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, and he is consistently at or near the top of all of them. Uh, and like the title says, like, uh, panic over Sanders unsupported by data. And I feel like that's crazy to see out of MSNBC. Uh, and much uh, less fucking like Chris Hayes. Uh, it just means that like the mainstream media is starting to wake up to the reality that is the phenomenon of Bernie Sanders uh, and his like meteoric rise uh, since being uh, a very little known senator where like um, like five reporters came to uh, his announcement for president in 2015. Uh, and now... Uh, very much uh, the front runner, and I would say now the undisputed nominee of the Democratic Party in 2020, just uh, f- uh, five uh, or four short years later. Um, so that's, I mean, anything on that? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's, I, I, I would totally agree with you. I think that a lot of people who are <clears throat> maybe unsure of his policy agenda or how he's going to get things done are really becoming afraid that he is going to be the presidential nominee and i think that the the media especially you can really see if you if if you just look a month a month ago at what the media was saying about the democratic primary um it's completely different than than what they're saying now everybody is talking about bernie sanders Everybody is talking about the potential of, of him possibly being the presidential nominee. And even in the last Democratic debate, um, the, the, the people asking the questions even brought that up. You know, like you've gotten a lot of a lot of beef here tonight, Bernie. And because people are starting to realize that this is bigger than 2016. I mean, and he already had a very, very strong base in 2016. Sure. But I mean, people are people are really waking up to this is this is real. And this time, hopefully, let's we can all pray. Um, there's <laughs> not going to be any kind of corruption going on to make him not the candidate. Because let's be honest, he should have been the candidate in 2016. Yeah, he definitely should have been the nominee. 
uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, I mean, the DNC like got rid of. The, I don't even want to get into all that shit. I'm gonna get pissed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get pissed again. And I, like I. Long story short, so people are getting worried about Bernie because he's he's rising in the ranks, and I think that the fact that Biden is not doing as well as everybody thought because he has this strong quote-unquote electability characteristic i mean i think people are really seeing that bernie has the electability characteristic now what's interesting to see and then that kind of goes uh off of this um on his own electability is that uh, bernie sanders and, and how he's a little different from the other candidates is that um one they really can't get too much dirt on him because he doesn't have too much dirt to begin with <laughs> and the dirt that they can come up with like for example that like he's a uh, they usually pull any uh this one out that like oh he's a part of the one percent himself like uh, but he's like telling you guys all this shit but like i mean bro like he explains it himself and then they say like he has like three houses uh and then like Bernie like explains this all um, and like the wealth thing I'll just explain to you really fast he I mean he got rich uh, because of a few books and he's a sitting senator and his wife's like a, like she's a doctor I think I think her name is Dr. Jan- uh, Jane O'Mara Sanders well and the thing is all of these policy agendas that he is putting forth would raise his own taxes he is willing to do that he has no problem yeah. doing that I mean, he's been, and the thing I like that you said too, that they can't really dig up anything on him because Bernie has one of the most consistent records out there as far as uh, his political career or any type of career. I mean, he's been fighting for civil rights for a long time. Uh, that's actually really funny that you bring that up um, because it just reminded me of that post I sent you earlier today and I'll, I'll talk about that now. Um, so what I'm talking about is... Um, a picture oh, yes. uh, that I said sent to <laughs> Ashley earlier today, uh, in which I saw it on Facebook. But uh, who brought it to my attention? Uh, someone, a candidate uh, from Chicago. His name is Anthony Clark. He's running like for some district up there. I think the fourth district. I think. Um, uh, he said this is literally posted to the Chicago Code Blue Facebook page. Uh, a police officer and supporters of police officers page. The institution of policing was founded on oppression, but the role is to serve and protect. Who are CPD serving and protecting with an adversarial message against an individual running to empower working class Americans and to end the administration of hate mongering? <gasps> oh my gosh. It's, Everyone... getting, it's even worse. Oh my goodness. I'm looking on their Facebook page now and it's crazy. Everyone needs to, uh, continues. He goes on and saying, Every, everyone needs to denounce this. If you, CPD, are against the people, then who are you really for? Uh, and uh, on with a little, he kind of shared the image of the photo that uh, the, the photo came from, from their page. Um, and the caption is uh, on Chicago Code Blues um, page. It says, uh, Chicago police been taking out commie trash since 1963. Hashtag by Bernie. And the photo <laughs> is a Photoshop image of Bernie Sanders being carried away by um, uh, the CPD uh, when he was actually arrested. Uh, for protesting segregation at the University of Chicago. 
Um, so I think that's so fucking funny that they use and they took that image out of something so like profound and like such a like strong like message to the, that speaks to who he is as a person and who he has been since I mean this dude was in fucking college and before that um, to where he was fucking protesting segregation he was still standing up against the man in the 60s and they used the picture that shows that and put him out just because he was being carried by cops I mean I would be proud of that shit but uh, here they use it against them. So I just think it's really funny where the, the image that they use comes out of. Fun Liter- fact. Literally, the things I'm sending them to you right now also. I mean, they, they're... Oh, really quick. Uh, everybody, I'm going to make a Facebook... I'm going to make a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Yes. Uh, follow us there. I would think I might make Twitter soon too, uh, but I definitely want to populate like... Uh, stuff with like things that Ashley and I are like talking about things that we want you to know about um, things we talk about on the uh, podcast little links yes. that we can and put then, yeah exactly and then like the photos and stuff that we're like talking about right now we are gonna uh, put these on our things and be like okay this is what we were talking about at this time <laughs> so just you know um, but yeah continue sorry Ashley I just wanted to make sure that they knew that Oh no! Um, I this was posted four hours ago. I just sent it to you. It says, "From oh, it's this from that same page." Yes, Chicago Code Blue. It says the people of Chicago have not forgotten the actions of those who support a radical Marxist socialist for president. Your comrades in Russia are proud of you. Hashtag Never Bernie. And then they posted these things. This sign says Bernie equals riots. Um, all these other. Trump rally postponed protesters clash inside event. This is basically um, from when there was that big protest downtown um, and right in front of the Trump Tower. Then there's all these people for Bernie. This is a tweet. It says, remember the hashtag Trump rally wasn't just luck. It took organizers from dozens of organizations and thousands of people to pull off such great work. So basically just taunting bernie supporters and bernie there's people bloody from the bernie um or from apparently the bernie supporters at the trump rally i think it's really funny how they gave uh president trump a beard and another one yeah oh, and a, super, a super <laughs> he was in a superman costume yeah. um but i wanted to really look in this though because is this in what in like that page into this page is this like legitimate chicago that's i mean that's obviously not the page for like the official like cpd yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure that would be really 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 bad if they did but right (laughs) but it does look like that there are people commenting and such i don't i don't know i wonder in support i'm saying of of this I mean, I would think so. I mean, I have no idea. But, like, um, I I don't know. I just don't think that... I I don't think that the majority of the people inside this page are actual, legit police officers. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I'm I would not agree. looking at the people in the list or anything. I'm not, like, digging. This is just, like, me just, like, logically thinking, like, these people sound like like some crazy, like... 
well, crazy ass like fucking Alex Jones type people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's exactly. Well, in four minutes ago, the same page post. It's amazing to see how much hate in all caps Bernie Sanders supporters have for police officers. I don't know. It just really goes back to what we were saying earlier about the media ha- having this. Um, Bernie scare, you know? Everybody's feeling the burn and they don't know how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's only one way to feel about it, I guess. Oh, I guess there's a few ways to feel about it, uh, but only two logical ones. One accepted or two don't. <coughs> uh, and uh, if you accept it and vote, and if you don't, uh, I guess just don't vote and be like the other millions of people that don't and contribute to the the devastation oh of our gosh, society for at least another that. four years. <laughs> don't even joke about that. Everybody I mean, they, needs to vote. I mean, if the people that are listening to this, if any of you guys don't vote, like, that's... Why are you listening? I hate to say it. I hate... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, they're listening for a reason. And if they've been listening this far, it's definitely with purpose. Well, then they better be um, voting. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I just think that people have, like, a civic duty um, when it comes to voting. Well, not only because, like, people have actually died for your um your right to vote and whatnot um but just for your own self-interest these laws they affect you uh they'll affect your kids they'll affect your grandkids they'll affect every generation to come like i i'm sure the people that uh voted for like fucking like reagan didn't think we were still going to be paying down his deficit and george bush's deficit and I'm pretty sure our grandkids and our great-grandkids are not going to be super pleased about them having to pick up the tab for all the generations before them that voted uh, for all these people that spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollar, dollars that we don't have, put all in the credit card, uh, which is amassing up to like, what, like $26 trillion, I think now, like total. Uh, and then with all this new spending that's going to happen, it's gonna, it's gonna like go way up. <laughs> but I mean, well, and really, uh, if you th- think about that's it, that's a different. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you think about it, this election is really a a pivotal moment in, um, or is going to be looking back ten years from now, is a pivotal moment in our history, because what we choose to do now, especially in the decisions of climate change. Um, this president is going to have four years, you know, four more years of doing whatever their, their, their policy agenda is. And this next president is going to either make decisions that are going to benefit our planet, or they're going to make decisions that are going to seriously put us in a position where we may not ever be able to recover. That's really true, too. I mean, uh, what is the warning to us? Like, I think it was 12 years the last time I heard, but I've been hearing more recently that, like, that number has decreased. Apparently, like, it was wrong. It's, like, eight or six years or some shit like that. But well, even did you that, hear like... Antarctica was hit 64 degrees the other day? Oh, yeah. Antarctica. They said, like, a fourth crazy. of the snow actually melted off of yeah. there. I mean, yeah. it's insane. I was watching a video and you could see the, the photo of the before and after of just two uh, days, three days. Yeah. So we can crazy. find something for our audience to look at that too. But that's crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that is absolutely insane. Um, 
I mean, that just goes to show, like, everyone that, like, thinks that voting isn't important, like, this is extremely, extremely important. Uh, like, especially, like, American voters, like, you guys are really important, especially with, like, global issues, uh, because guess who is the biggest bully of them all? Uncle Sam. Uh, Uncle Sam will show up to your door and, uh, sh- like, with drones, with our troops, with advisors, with the CIA, we'll topple your, uh, your leaders, we will bomb the crap out of your country, um, we will even, in the case of, uh, Iraq, refuse even official, uh, like, expulsions from the country. Um, I don't know if uh, a lot of you guys know this, but I'll, I'll kind of comment to you on it because I think it's a very interesting story. Um, in Iraq, earlier this year, um, their Congress uh, voted to, um, to ex- like expel all of the American troops in the country. Um, and, uh, and that was because of the, the tensions that were rising at the time with uh, Iran and uh, they just didn't want any part of it. Uh, so Iraq did not want them there. And um, the U.S. said, uh, well, Trump said, uh, really, uh, essentially, like, he didn't give a fuck and that he was going to stay there as long as he wanted. And they are still there to this day. Um, but can you imagine if another country did that to us? Imagine that being done to us. Like, we had another sovereign powers, armed forces on our soil and refusing to leave even when we tell them to, with our strongest authority. Crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there is um, a necessity to have military in certain areas where there are terrorist organizations or where there is proven to be some sort of national security threat, but we have been in the Middle East for far too long. I mean, it's just been absolutely ridiculous the whole point of us going over there after 9-11 was just completely absurd to me i mean we did not need to be there as long as we were this was a uh, a second bush war he wanted to finish what his father started i mean it's just everything about us being over there is it seems like we are we're stepping over the line. They don't want us there. We're we're in, we're honing our troops more every day by them being over there. That is very true. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, if you look at really all the countries that we've been involved in, like typically when we go in and like we say like we're the bringers of the we're like the liberators, we're like the bringers of democracy, all this shit, like humanitarians, all like this handy dandy like good stuff, like dope, right? But, like, when they actually go there and after they're there for a long time, like, guess what happens? Even though we spend trillions, and I mean trillions of people got, uh, of money, uh, of dollars, and, like, and we don't get any results. And all we do is cause instability in the, uh, not only in their own country, amongst their society, um, but we also helped created ISIS by doing that because yep. we created an, an unstable environment in which uh, that group rose to power to rise, because yeah. of that vacuum of power. When, uh, when um, Saddam Hussein was alive, he, he did a really good job of like 
pushing back against all those like terrorists and like he did a really good job of actually just killing them and like just uh exterminating the threat um so it never became a problem like did you really hear this much about terrorism pre-2000 four or like pre-2001 when like all this uh when it really popped off no honestly i mean i know they i know they tried to attack the the world trade center in 93 as well but they tried it a different way they tried to bomb it from underneath with like a van or some shit didn't work though but i mean i don't i don't i don't think it was that big of a deal like back then like obviously and then that's when, like, all that Islamophobia and shit started coming around and, like, hate crimes and shit after that. So, like... Well... And I, what's even interesting... Hold on. One second. One second. I, what's even more interesting, I just want to bring it up because I'm kind of, like... I'm a little skeptical about, like, the facts behind uh, 9-11, to be honest with you guys. Uh, but... Oh, especially because the government doesn't tell us everything. Uh, we still don't know all the details yet. Uh, but what's very interesting about that story is, like, that whole, like, those, both those planes, like, completely exploded, right? Everything's, like, in pieces. Both those towers fell to the ground. Like, everything's, like, everywhere. Huge, massive mess, right? They find the passports for all of the people that were, um, all the people that were involved in, uh, in that, like, in 9-11, like, the people, the hijackers. Um, they find like all 13 or whatever and then like 10 or 11 or maybe all of them even of those hijackers were all of um, were all from Saudi Arabia and as we all know Saudi Arabia is one of our closest allies in the Middle East mm-hmm. so like I don't know if you guys can see this and put it together but like Everything like is like an interconnected web, like a spider web, and the U.S. is just behind it all. When it's like all this like crazy like uh, world dominance type shit, um, but the U.S.'s preferred method of dominance is military might. Uh, the only thing, only problem with that, like that's all good. I mean, if it can work, and it has for us until now. Um, but the only problem with that is that when you spend this much money on war what do you like you're not innovating you're not producing that much like like it's a losing battle but go ahead and say whatever you're gonna say sorry to interrupt you oh no you're fine i was gonna interrupt you um but no i totally forgot what i was gonna say Um, oh really my bad Oh, oh, well, I was just going to say that you, you had brought up, you know, there, that was what a lot of Islamophobia was going on and blah, blah, blah. I think, though, that, and I know we're going to talk about the whole coronavirus thing later, but whenever something um, tragic happens, and I, we've also talked about just making an episode about this, but people go to, like, fear, and they immediately want to cast out a group of people based off of this tragedy. And... Um, so I think that that's another thing about us staying in the Middle East for so long is this this hunt for these bad people, you know? Where are they? They could be in any country. They could be in all these countries. And I think part of it, especially with this president we have now, is this um, Islamophobia, this fear that Islam is this hateful religion, which is completely not the case. <coughs> And then with the coronavirus, I was just going to say, there's all of this talk about um, 
hatred towards Asians and because of their involvement in the in spreading the coronavirus, quote unquote. And it's just really funny. Um, I mean, not funny, but it is funny like that people immediately draw to this fear and hatred when something tra- tragic happens. And they immediately start w- want to start pointing fingers. Exactly. They want to start playing the blame game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just saw, I read well, an article this morning now that you mentioned that. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned it because early this morning I read an article that was talking about this girl. Uh, these two girls were out in London. Um, one of them was like, looked like kind of like Arabic, like Muslim, like, uh, like yeah, that kind of like uh, part of the world, like um, Middle Eastern somewhat. And then um, the other one was like Chinese or Asian of some sort. I don't even know if she was Chinese, but uh, she could have been. Um, but I'm pretty sure the article said she was. Well, whatever. Um, it said <laughs> that like they were out like partying or whatever. And these group of like, I, I guess, really ironic, like, ironically asian guys go up to go up to them and like um the friend of like the asian girl ends up getting like punched and knocked out and like but she was defending the her other friend her asian friend because they were like hounding on her about like having the coronavirus and shit and like telling her stuff like that but yeah (laughs) um let's talk about the coronavirus now because we're on a topic uh, so I'm sure you guys have heard all about this. Um, but Trump yes, did that but, press release today. Yes, he had that press release. Um, I'm going to show it to you guys in a second. Um, but I mean, so you guys can hear it. Um, but uh, I, before that, I wanted to talk a little bit about like um, all the stuff that's kind of happening right now with that. So um, on Tuesday or yesterday, on Tuesday. Uh, the World Health Organization um, announced that Americans should start preparing um, for the coronavirus to start interrupting day-to-day lives and activities. So uh, I think in that same press release that meant like um, maybe staying home from school, from work, like all this kind of stuff. Um, And that's just kind of really like worrisome, like especially because it's a disease that a is not treatable i mean of course there's no cure there's no there's no treatment but i mean uh i don't know i just find that i just find it really scary like it's very like unnerving for me like uh but i'm kind of just like a warrior i'm a warrior (laughs) you know i actually while we were talking i'm trying to pull it up now because of course i accidentally deleted it on my notifications but i was just notified that there, okay, here it is. A patient in California may be the first U.S. case without a known link to travel abroad or exposure to an already infected person. What the fuck? So there could potentially be our first U.S. victim of um, without any kind of contact with traveling either to Asia or having contact with somebody who was already infected. How do they know that, though? Well, because I'm guessing she tested positive and she's never gone to, hasn't gone to Asia recently and has, doesn't I feel like have that's a family really, member. I feel like that's really hard to, to invalidate, like the, case, like, the idea that she didn't come into contact with somebody. She had to have contact. She had to have 
come into contact no, no, with no. somebody. They, they mean like close contact. So as in like, I was just telling Jen with me being sick, like I ride the CTA every single day. The, the, the fact of the matter is people who ride public transportation are at a higher risk of getting this or any other kind of yeah. disease or yeah. virus. Yeah. And, um, so like maybe it was that maybe it was that sort of thing you know but maybe yeah, her she, family she, or friends so or someone she works contact. with yeah she came I into mean, contact with it is um like how it ultimately happened she yeah. had to um by some know, sort of airborne maybe or if some somebody sneezed on knows, something but, she touched uh there's like uh how many cases are there now I don't know. I think this would technically be the 13th, right? But then, who knows? Because in Trump's press release, press release, he narrowed it to like seven. I think. Um. Let me see. Oh, it says the U.S. has 60 confirmed coronavirus cases. That's crazy. That's so many. Yeah, the last time I saw, like, the first one I think was in New York or something. Or I don't remember, but I remember the ones specifically in Chicago, and those ones worried me because they were in this. They were in one of the hospitals here, like close to my, close to me in the suburbs. Well, there, it started at O'Hare Airport, and I was just like, "Oh, well, this is positive because the blue line goes to O'Hare. Um, half of the country comes into O'Hare to get for real, you know, connecting flights or just to come tourist in Chicago. I'm like, oh yeah. my god. I told my friends at Disney to like that I used to work with, like, be careful and stuff because uh, uh, at Disney you're like really. Uh, uh, what's it called? Like you're always exposed to people that have been, a have been traveling, and b are many times foreigners themselves. Yeah. So like you never know where like they've been. Not in a bad way, but I mean, I guess in a bad way if they've been in contact with someone with the corona. Um, but I guess it's okay. We drink Modelo's, guys, so we're good. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, he held the press conference, and actually there was officials from the health department, um, from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, um, or like the World Health Organization, I meant to say. Yes. Um, tons of different people were there. And he was saying something about um, the funding. There was just a lot of talk about money, which I felt was really sad, honestly. I mean... This is something that is a, people are dying from. Maybe not U.S. citizens have died yet, but other thousands of people have, have been infected by this. And for them to be talking about numbers is, I don't know, kind of ridiculous. I think he's also really getting hit by the stock market because that's what he's running on, right? The economy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just sad to me that it just proves to us again that Donald Trump strictly thinks in the concept of numbers that he strictly thinks in the concept of numbers yes and he doesn't think about anybody <laughs> oh yeah anybody. like we're just like yeah we're just another number to him basically is that exactly what exactly yeah and he says he wants to surround himself with loyalists but i truly do not believe that he himself is a loyalist to any of those people Trump would rather be on an island with billions and billions of dollars and one other person than be surrounded by people and not have any money. I truly think that. I mean, to each his own. Um, 
but uh, but not really <laughs> for real <laughs> when you're putting a price tag on people hmm, i don't know yeah I, I know yeah especially when you're the president that's a little that's a little it's a little awkward but i mean uh he i mean it's it's him uh this is the guy we voted for right so now we live with him I mean, he literally said about the, the, the Diamond Princess cruise trip that had a lot of infected people because it was from coming from Asia. And one of the quotes that he said was, well, we could have left them and that would have been very bad, but we decided not to, you know? It's just like, why would you even say that? Like, no, we wouldn't have left them. Like, nobody would have ever thought to do that. Like, you don't just leave them. I don't know. It's just, just some of his, his comments are like, oh, but I'm such a noble person because... We did not leave them. He was just gloating the entire time. I know. he. Uh, it's kind of hard. I, I would imagine it's very hard for him to get over his fucking ego. Uh, but I mean, it's very evident the way he talks. It's like, it's always like very grandiose. Like, it's always like the same characteristics. Like, um, like it's very like, oh, this is like the best. Uh, like, we have the greatest people in the world. My favorite thing is like, uh, I have the, be- I have the best. I know the words. I have the best words. Like, so I think he, I think he literally said that. It's so funny. Uh, but guys, guess what? I pulled up the, the right video this time. So don't, uh, hope you don't kill me. But it's two minutes long. Um, it's yeah. actually retweeted from um, the White House. Um, it's the the Secretary um, of Health, I believe. His name is uh, his last name is Azar. Secretary Azar. Uh, provides uh-huh. an update on confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States and how Americans should prepare to keep uh, risk to their families and communities low. So let's give it a listen. Today, we have 15 cases of COVID-19 that have been detected in the United States. Okay, so just so you know, I know you just said 15, and the last video you said it was like 12, and that was on uh, February 10th. But this one, just want to make sure to you guys, is retweeted two hours ago. So this one is what's being reported from the White House. With only one new case detected in the last two weeks. We also have three cases among Americans repatriated from Wuhan and 42 cases among Americans repatriated who had been stuck on the Diamond Princess in Japan. Oh, I guess I the spoke too soon. Early and decisive actions, including travel restrictions, <laughs> have succeeded in buying us incredibly valuable time. This has helped us contain the spread of the virus, handle the cases that we have, and prepare for the possibility that we will need to mitigate broader spread of infections within the United States. The president's actions taken with the strong support of his scientific advisors have proven to be appropriate, wise, and well calibrated to the situation. We're grateful for the hard work that healthcare workers, first responders, communities, state and local leaders have put into the response so far. Because of this hard work and the president's leadership, the immediate risk to the American public has been and continues to be low. Our containment strategy has been working. At the same time, what every one of our experts and leaders have been saying for more than a month now remains true. The degree of risk has the potential to change quickly, and we can expect to see more cases in the United States. That is why we've been Mm -hmm. reminding the American public and our state, local, and private sector partners that they should be aware of what a broader response would look like. CDC has recommended... Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, ...the American public and especially state and local governments, businesses, and other organizations should refresh themselves on how they would respond in the event that the situation worsens. 
We're encouraging Americans to learn what future steps might be necessary to keep themselves and their communities safe. All right. So continue. What were you going to say? Sorry about that. I just can't help. And okay. And for for those of you listening, do not think that I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist person. But maybe a little bit. Um, I can't help but think that it is a little strange that they release, they have this press conference and then not even like two hours later we were so they're saying everything's under control at people are quarantined there's some people are even getting better and they're back in their homes and then but it could spread quickly things could change very quickly and then two hours later we receive this notification that there's been the first community spread of the coronavirus. I think that's kind of more mm-hmm. than coincidental. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think regardless of the facts, like where or how this is happening, that just, that's why I wanted the, uh, to play that last part so like people can like know It like, almost makes me do. wonder if they think that if they knew, if they kind of had a, an inkling that this was coming and so they wanted to make a press conference before this information was released. I mean, it's not the craziest thing. <laughs> it's not the craziest thing I've heard. But, I mean, uh, uh, that's speculation until uh, someone confirms that. But I think that's enough coronavirus talk. Any any of that shit, like, let's, let's nix that. All right, so... Uh, next topic I want to talk about is um, these uh, comments that Bernie Sanders has been getting a lot of shit for. Um, and um, me and Ashley wanted to, t- or Ashley and I wanted to talk about this uh, because we think it's a very important topic to talk about because there's a lot of um, ignorance and uh, hypocrisy that go on um, around this issue. Uh, and that is when uh, the issue of um, controversial leaders or countries or whatnot um, do like some good things, but are known for maybe like bad things. Like let's let's give an example. Let's say like Hitler, right? Um, so Hitler, obviously, as we know, is a bad like Adolf Hitler, like Nazi, killed like millions of Jews, Bernie Sanders' own family, like bad, bad, bad dude, right? Um, but when he was the uh, the chancellor, I mean the like the, the chancellor or whatever the the president, however the fuck whatever he was of Germany, uh, and he was running that whole uh, empire, the Third Reich. Um, he was actually uh, like a good president. He uh, led his he he made his people like uh, like enthusiastic again. He got the money back. He rebuilt their uh, like economy. Uh, he gave them like their uh, their own dignity back because they had been paying back uh, like tons of money uh, in repatri- in repatriation for what they did in World War One. Um, but uh, so, uh, Bert, like the point is that even though Hitler is like literally the Antichrist. <laughs> um, the Antichrist can also have good deeds. The same way that we think that 
mo- at least most people that I know think that Donald Trump is a piece of shit. I mean, I I know I think that. But has every single thing that Donald Trump done like a piece of shit move? No. No. Exactly. And I, I like well, I can say that like because it's it's fucking true. Like it's just it's I'm not in denial, you know? Like I accept reality. Well, base and basically too, like let's just get down to what we're talking about. This comment, I, I just I'm not sure if everybody knows, but Bernie Sanders did a 60 minutes interview, and in the inter- interview he had made a comment about Fidel Castro, and it was scrutinized heavily by not only the. Um, they kind of took back the interviewer from 60 Minutes, but then from media at the next Democratic debate. And basically all he said was that he um, provided good literacy programs for his citizens because a lot of them did not know how to read and that he helped get people out of extreme poverty. And everybody was just outraged that he would say that an authoritarian leader did something positive or productive for their country. Um, so yeah, that's basically what happened. I mean, yeah. Um, I'll just uh, let the video speak for itself, and we'll talk. We'll have some uh, time to talk after. So give me one moment. Yeah, I forgot your clear frontrunner, but today he is facing backlash after comments he made about communist leader Fidel Castro. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing? Even though Fidel Castro did it, a lot of dissidents imprisoned in, in That's Canada. right, and we condemn that. Unlike Donald Trump, let's be clear, you want to I do not think that Kim Jong-un is a good friend. I don't trade love letters with a murdering dictator. Vladimir Putin, not a great friend of mine. So let's... Yep. Well, and exactly, and that's what he kept saying, you know, at the Democratic debate and to all of these media <laughs> outlets is, I have been against, publicly against authoritarian leaders for my entire career. Why now are you going to say that I am this crazy, I'm going to become this crazy socialist leader if I become president because I made some comment about how Fidel Castro did something positive. I mean, it's just completely outrageous. I mean, it's we all know it's not really this that they care about. No, and they just are pulling at anything. Yeah. They're pulling at anything they can under this guy to, to sweep him off under his feet uh, and so someone else can take it. Or plan B go to a contested convention and steal the nomination that way. I mean, I think it also has to do with, and I was telling you this after I sent it to you, is people are just so easily offended nowadays. People are upset with Bernie because he's an honest person. He, he And isn't that what people appreciated about Trump, quote-unquote, that he told it like it was? I mean, Bernie is being honest. I think he is being transparent about his policies, too. He's telling us that taxes are going to be raised. He's telling us that these are issues that are going to be over a progression of time. It's not going to be instantaneous. I mean, the 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 whole comment about Fidel Castro was just an honest comment. It was, and and let's be let's be real too. We want 
somebody in office that can recognize when somebody they disagree with makes or has a positive contribution to our country or to the international stage. I mean, we want somebody who can see good in somebody that is doing bad because we need them at the negotiating table. And clearly, Bernie can see good in certain certain aspects of people. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's definitely not. Um, I, I mean, I would never consider that to be a bad thing for anybody, um, much less the, the nominee of a major democratic party uh, and soon to be president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> No, Definitely. I mean, I mean, I would hope he would be like that in some way. Um, but yes, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Um, I think we talked about a lot of interesting shit, um, and I'm very content with it. So, uh, with that, I'll bid you adieu, and thank you for stopping by again and listening and participating. In your case, Ashley, to the <laughs> Oligarchy Disruptors seventh episode. Well, thanks for and having me. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time, and everybody else. And I will update you guys on the next episode what those social media handles are so you can start following along and seeing what Ashley and I tweet about and what we find interesting uh, throughout the day. Um, And then truly, uh, one thing that I also wanted to mention is that this is also going to start being a uh, daily podcast. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, yes, I'm posting (laughs) daily now. Um, just because I love it so much and um, uh, I love hearing Ashley's voice <laughs> cool um, oh yay yeah and talking oh and sick too <laughs> I just love talking oh my gosh yeah okay. please excuse my voice everybody I'm sorry if I sounded like absolutely crap this whole entire time but it was a pleasure being on I missed truly missed the last two episodes no worries no worries All right, so we'll we'll wrap it up here, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.